Well, it's great to be with you today. And uh, we're going to be talking about the power of prayer. Since Acts chapter 2, we see a great change in the disciples, <clears throat> especially Peter. Along with 119 others, they left the upper room and went into the world filled with the Holy Spirit. By the time we get to chapter 4, the gospel of the kingdom is being preached. 5,000 men have come, become followers of Jesus Christ. And if you add to that the children and the, uh, the women and the children, you're going to have over 15,000 people now serving the Lord in the early church. And the church is boldly proclaiming the good news of the gospel. Where do we find courage to stand up for Christ today? To believe God for a miracle in the face of popular opinion and unbelief. As we see in Peter and John, they boldly are standing up for Christ. In the midst of revival, they were facing bitter opposition. They were arrested while they were sharing their faith with the people. And the next day they find themselves in court. This is the same Jewish Sanhedrin, the Supreme Court of Israel, that sentenced Jesus to death just a few weeks before. And the authorities asked them, who gave you authority to heal this lame man? <clears throat> so Peter answers, and we'll, we'll give his, show his answer right from Scripture in Acts chapter 4, verses 8 to 12. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, that's very important. Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel. If we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which, the, which was rejected by the builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men, whereby you must be saved. If you will notice that Peter is not intimidated now, like he was a couple of weeks ago when he couldn't, couldn't acknowledge that he had ever been with Jesus. He stood in the courtyard of this same place and denied even knowing him. The difference is that Peter is now filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Now he is actually boldly accusing his accusers. What a difference it makes to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And this same boldness is seen in Peter and John is found in other believers as they gather for prayer. And it is still seen today in believers who believe the Word of God and pray. So let's consider the power of prayer and care as found in Acts chapter 4, verses 23 to 27. Heavenly Father, we just ask that you'll make your word real to our hearts today. I pray, Lord, that you will just strengthen your servant to give the word just as you want it to. And we give you all the honor and glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Now, prayer is something that we all can do. Everybody can pray. If you can talk, you can pray. And even if you can't talk, you can still pray in your spirit. And so uh, it, it, it gives great results. It produces great results both physically and spiritually when you pray. And so my first point is unity in prayer is powerful. <clears throat> in Acts chapter 4, verse 23 and 27, it says... As soon as they were freed, after they were freed from prison, as soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. As soon as they were released, they went back to people of like faith. It is very important when you are praying to have someone to agree with you, someone who believes that God is able to heal, he's able to deliver, he's able to set you free, he's able to heal you from any disease. And so when you have somebody who is in agreement with you, you can see great results. And this is the essence of corporate prayer. They were all in one accord, all in agreement as they prayed together. No doubt the hostility, the hostility that they had uh, faced deepened their sense of belonging to a company of believers in Jesus Christ. And regardless of all that is going on in our world today, when we come together as a body of believers like this, we've got something in common. We love the Lord. We believe his word. We're standing on his promises. And there are people here that will believe with you for a miracle in your body or in your spirit today in Jesus' name. No doubt, that they, as, they, as they ministered together, they were expecting great things from God. Acts chapter 4, verses 2 and 27 says, When they heard the report, all the believers lifted up their voice together in prayer to God. In one accord, praying together, believing together that God was get, going to get them out of this situation somehow. Or he was going to give them strength to go through it. And that's the way we should believe as well. I imagine that while they were praying there, the, whoever was leading, some others were saying, yes, Lord, do it, yes, Lord. Others were saying, hallelujah, praise the Lord, glory to your name, Jesus. Amen and amen. And there was 
as there was praise and there was shouts of victory in that prayer meeting. And listen to the prayer <clears throat> that they prayed. O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth and sea and everything in them, you spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor David, your servant saying, why were the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. In fact, this has happened here in this very city. For Herod Antipas, Pontius Pilate, the governor, the Gentiles and all the people of Israel were all united against Jesus, your holy servant, whom you anointed. The unity of believers is a key, effectual, key and effectual to prayer. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 19, Jesus said, Again I say to you, that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything, that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Now, let's not presume upon the, the grace of God to see this word anything as an invitation to, to pray to have uh, our selfish and ungodly desires met. Anything is according to God's word, and this is what 1 John 5, 14 says. You see, Scripture interprets and, and, and helps you to ex understand Scripture. And so this is what it says. Now this is the confidence that we have in, in Him, that is in Jesus. If we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him, according to his will. You say, Pastor, how can I know the will of God? You've got a Bible, and uh, no matter where you're at, you might not have one in, in hard, hard cover, you would have one on your phone. You've got plenty of Bibles. And so you have no excuse of knowing the will of God. You don't have to pick up the phone and ask Pastor Greg, what is the will of God for my life? It's in the Word. And God's Word, God's word is His will. This extends to agreement of desire, in motive, in asking, and it involves the working of the Holy Spirit. You see, as you go to the Word of God for your instruction, Holy Spirit will make it real to you. And I said in the first service, I'll say it again. <clears throat> you know, if you, are, if you are, even if you are like me, who has a very poor memory, and uh, I can testify to that, uh, I don't know, you, you all believe it today, don't you? <laughs> From that video. <clears throat> well... When I've, I find that when I am preparing a message, uh, a lot of times the Holy Spirit will just drop a, a, a scripture that is right in line with what I am ready, getting ready to preach. And I have to jot it down on a, on a sideline somewhere so that I won't forget it when I want to use it. Because 
by the time five minutes later, when I want to use that scripture, I, I don't know what one it is. <laughs> and so, but God is, the Holy Spirit is faithful to his word. The psalmist said, I have hid your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And that works also when you want to use that word in order to share the gospel with other people. And so it is, it is very profitable for you when you want to pray, when you want to seek God for something, for direction in your life, for your finances, for, for your career, whatever it may be. The word of God is very important because it will show you exactly what you should do. And you will have the peace of God that passes all understanding when you get the word of God in your heart and when you know that you know that you know that this is the way that God is leading you. It is not because someone else said, you should do this, I feel that you should do this or you should go there. No, you've been directed by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Now I got off on a rabbit trail and I don't know where I was. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, in Acts chapter 4, 31, maybe I've said it, we'll go on with it anyway. After this prayer, no, I didn't say this before. The last service, <laughs> last, the last service I did, but not in this one. <laughs> after, after this prayer, the meeting place shook. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to preach the word of God with boldness. That's what happens when you pray together, when you pray in agreement. Amen. And that's what we are hoping for in this place. We're hoping that as the prayer meetings continue to go on, they're going to get stronger, more powerful, more people are wanting or going to want to join with us, and we are going to see God move in a miraculous way in this place. We will see revival if we hold on to what God's Word says. <clears throat> I want you to notice that these believers agreed concerning the person of God. And he is viewed in his greatness as they pray. And uh, there is vision of him, their vision of him dwarfs their problems. And that's the way it should be. Let's never allow our problems to diminish our concept of God and what he can do in our life. The greatness of our God should make our problems seem so small. Amen? There's a song that we used to sing way, way back, and it goes like this. Bigger than all my problems, bigger than all my fears, God is bigger than any mountain that I can or cannot see. Bigger than all my questions, bigger than anything, God is bigger than any mountain that I can or cannot see. Do you believe that? I believe that with all of my heart. I know there's nothing too difficult for him. If I can believe, all things are possible to those who believe. And so first, we must believe in the promises of God as we pray. Second, we need to find someone who believes that the Bible is the inspired word of God to agree with us as we pray. And when you've got agreement like that, and when you pray, God can do some mighty things. 
ab abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Amen? Amen? So my second point is praying the scriptures is powerful. Do you realize that they were praying the second psalm here, Psalm 2? And uh, although it's the final fulfillment, Psalm 2 is about the final fulfillment uh, of a future day, they could see this re relevance to them. They, it, it was relevant to what they were going through. And the, and the persecution that they were experiencing exhibited, exhibited the same spirit of rebellion against the Lord that will be evident in the final phase of, of, this, uh, of the end of the age as, as uh, revealed in Revelation. Furthermore, <clears throat> the psalm gives direction to their request through its revelation of the response of God. And so this, the second part of the psalm is, says how God, is God responds to the way that they were rebelling in that day as well. And they, 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 cause, they believe that the scripture in Psalm reflected upon what they were going through. <clears throat> and so you can find many scriptures that relate to what you are going through today. Whether it be you're looking for direction in your life, whether you're looking for something in your career, whether you're looking for healing for your body or salvation for your soul. It's there. And so <clears throat> Psalm chapter 2 and the last part there is four, 4 to 6 says, But the one who rules in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then in anger he rebukes them, terrifying them with his fierce fury. For the Lord declares, I have placed my chosen king on the throne in Jerusalem, on my holy mountain. And so they deducted from this that if God laughs at this spirit of rebellion, then there's no reason for us to fear. If God laughs at those who, who are going to rebel in the very last days, then what we are facing right now is not a problem. God is with us. So they prayed for boldness and, 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 and the working of God's power in the situation that they found themselves in. You see, knowledge of God's word and its relevance to our situation is essential to fruitful prayer. Listen to the word of God, word of Jesus in John 15, 7. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. And this is what I get from this. This means that we read the Bible we read what the Bible says. We believe what the Bible says. And then we do what the Bible says. What does the Bible say concerning healing? Call for the elders of the church. Let them anoint you with oil and pray over you. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And if you have committed sin, they will be forgiven you.
Isn't that awesome? That's promises from God's Word. We could go all day with promises from His Word. That's just one. So thirdly, being filled with the Holy Spirit is powerful. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Note that in Acts 2, 4, they were all filled. That's right at the beginning, at Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was poured out. They were all filled. And then um, in, in Acts chapter 8, verse 4, Peter is filled again. Then in Acts chapter 4, verse 31, Peter is filled again. Now, they were all filled, but we just go with Peter, one man, one person, just for the illustration. And, uh, <clears throat> and so I want you to know that there is one baptism in the Holy Spirit, but there are many fillings. In both individual and, and corporate prayer, we are invoking the power and the presence of God. It would be a very dry prayer meeting indeed if we didn't desire that God's Holy Spirit presence would be among us. This would be a very dry sermon for you to listen to. It may be hard already, but it would be much harder. It would be much harder if I didn't sense the power and the presence, if I didn't pray that God would anoint me to do this today. So he will ensure that we have a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit when we come together in prayer and seeking him and relying upon him to do the work that's needed to be done in his kingdom. And so you may say, well, you know, I've been filled with the Holy Spirit in 1900. (laughs) That would leave you to be how old. But anyway, I, I, I came up with this. A person may have been filled with the Holy Spirit years ago, but today you can be as dry, spiritually dry, as burnt toast. That's why you need to be refilled over and over and over again. And how do you get refilled over and over and over again? You get into the Word of God. You let God speak to you through the Word. And then you, you begin to pray, and you pray, and you pray. You talk to God. You tell Him how you feel. You tell Him what you want. And you tell Him how, how much you love Him. And, and you give Him thanksgiving for all that He has given you. That's how you get filled with the Holy Spirit. And then you can, you can minister to others. And, when, and God will give you words to say that will encourage one another. But if you're not into the word, and if you're not praying, and you try to prophesy and imitate somebody else, you're only going to uh, cause trouble within the body of Christ. You need to be prayed up and filled up in order to be used of God in any kind of a ministry, even praying for someone else, your family, no matter who, it goes hand in hand. And so you need to be prayed up and filled up. And and God will use you then in that respect. 
Okay, so uh, this is why Paul could say, right in in uh, in, uh, uh, don't be filled. He says, don't be filled with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Various Greek scholars and Bible commentators point out that the Greek present imperative tense is used in this verse. And it has the connotation of continuous replenishment. Ongoing state of being filled. Continually. That means, essentially means again and again and again and again. And that's why from time to time we need revival. We need renewal in our lives. We sort of dry up. We feel like a, like a, a square peg trying to get into a, a round hole. We just don't fit anymore. And it's because we're not filled anymore. We need to be filled again. It doesn't mean that you don't love the Lord. It doesn't mean that you're a, a terrible sinner. It just means that you've disqualified yourself from being used of God because you can't be in the will of God when you're not in the Word and you're not filled with the Spirit. It's just as simple as that. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Holy Trinity. He was given to be our advocate, the comforter, Pastor Greg spoke about it a while ago in a series of sermons, the advocate. And so he is the one who empowers us to be his witness. And the way that he speaks to you and I is through his word. And when we got his word in our heart, Holy Spirit can make that word real to us when we need it. And it is powerful to speak for Jesus on this earth, that's what, that's what he give us this power for, to share what Jesus has done in my life and in yours, and what he can do in the life of others. He is not an influence or a force. He's a person. He is God. Jesus said, you shall receive power. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, before he went back to the Father, this is what he said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And the power, the power is not the Holy Spirit. Let me say that again. The power is not the Holy Spirit. It is the ability that he gives us to do the work of the Lord. Amen? And so, when he fills us with the Holy Spirit, he gives us power to do the work of the ministry. And everyone has got a ministry. No matter who you are, what your walk in life is, you've got a ministry and God wants you to use it for his honor and for his glory. So being saturated with the word of God and with prayer, the place that they were in were shaken. And so my next point is when God does the shaking, it is powerful. Jerusalem as a whole was being shaken spiritually 
during that time. This is, this is what this, the reaction of the, of the religious leaders uh, showed that there was a problem. They were getting worried that the old system was being threatened, and so it was. <clears throat> had they, had the, the, the disciples heeded the religious leaders, the church would have died in Jerusalem before it even got started. Satan would have won an important battle. Uh, the, the, uh, keeping the, the good news from Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. But of course, God had a plan. And if these people hadn't said, no, we're not going to go any further. This is too hard. This is too rough. God would have raised up some other people and, in, and the gospel would have gotten out. And uh, so God wants you and I to be on the cutting edge of what he is doing. If we won't do it, he'll find someone else who will. And what an awesome, what an awesome privilege we have to be at the real, at the brink of seeing the, one of the greatest revivals probably that this area has ever seen since, since the church began. Amen? Amen? The satanic attack was defeated by the believer's prayer. <clears throat> and uh, we too can, use, can be used to shake our communities for God's kingdom. First, let me say that there is a place for private prayer. And every one of us need to have a, 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 a private, daily private conversation with God. That is essential for every Christian. And so, and we let him talk to us through his word and by his Holy Spirit. And so uh, you can... You can pray the scriptures. You can pray that God would just reveal himself through his word to you. And, uh, but praying together in one place is no less important. And that's why we have corporate prayer here at the church. And tomorrow, tomorrow or uh, yes, Monday. <laughs> Monday morning, you said morning. <laughs> Monday, yes. There's going to be prayer here again. And we encourage you to put aside everything that you can put aside in order to come out. The weather is getting better. We've, been, we've met in some stormy times, but the weather is getting better now. More and more of us can get out. We need to be in agreement in prayer because what God is about to do won't be done unless God's people get serious about the situation in our country, in our, in our province. And we want to see God move in a mighty way. Corporate prayer creates a sense that we're not alone. It strengthens our faith to believe. And it invokes God's promised presence in our midst. <clears throat> it is in and through prayer that God will shake our lives, our church, and our community. I found this uh, uh, quote from uh, Lisa Brevere from the, uh, an article in the Charisma magazine, and it goes like this. 
If God has shaken an area in your life, don't try to rebuild it on your own. Allow him to restore those things that he wants to establish in your life. Remember, God shakes us so that the things that cannot be shaken will remain. And if you are receiving your affirmation, love, self-worth, joy, strength, and acceptance from anywhere or anyone but God, he will shake it. He does this so you will get your life from him. He knows everything else will eventually disappoint you. So my last point is, through prayer came a powerful display of love and care for anyone and everyone in need. And so this is what the Bible says about it in Acts chapter 4, verse 32 to 37. All the believers were united in heart and mind. They felt that what they owned was not their own, so they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great blessing was upon them all. There were, there were no needy people among them, because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. For instance, there was Joseph, one of the apostles, nicknamed Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He was from the tribe of Levi and came from the island of Cyprus. He sold a field he owned and brought the money to the apostles. God had done something in their lives. When Holy Spirit really gets a hold of me, he will touch every part of my life, even my bank account. And everything that he touches will be blessed. And if you ever get the desire or a greater desire to give than you have right now, God will always see that that desire will be met. That's how he builds his church. That's how this building has come into place. It's because people gave over and above what they ever thought they could give, but the desire to see a place of worship like we have right now. And as God continues to move, we're soon going to be encouraged to give a little more so that we can expand these walls. That's the God we serve. And we, never, we will never come to a place where we have arrived and we can just say, okay, now we can sit back and take it easy. We're always going forward, friends. We're always going forward. So they demonstrate a genuine Christianity. We see Christianity in unity. We see Christian power and we see Christian charity all happening from this prayer meeting. This corporate prayer meeting had a practical impact on believers. Regarding possessions, they shared everything. They, they were making sure that needs were met. And God blessed them with abundance. And they shared 
out of their abundance. The Father's House Church has begun this, uh, 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 begun with this. Uh, there's different ministries that we have that are going on. One of them is the Five Lows Ministry. And God is blessing this. It blessed it last season. And this season is coming up again. And we know that this is going to be a tremendous blessing. And even greater than it was last year. And then we, we also are placing a greater emphasis on care and prayer. And we believe that God is, is using a group of people to reach out to one another and, and bless one another and pray for one another and help to meet one another's needs. As we continue to follow the pattern that laid out in God's word, we will be blessed because we are blessed to be a blessing. And the more, more we become a blessing, the more we will be blessed so we can be a greater blessing. Isn't that great? That's the way God works. <clears throat> you know, God's economy, the world economy is, is buying and selling. God's economy is giving and receiving. Amen? And Jesus said it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. So let me know what the offering is like next week, brother. <coughs> okay. So as we continue to follow the pattern laid out by God in his word, we will see greater blessing. As members of the body of Christ, the church, we depend upon one another. We're not, none of us are an island unto ourselves. But when we all use the gifts that God has given us, and, and, and we blend it together, it makes for a strong, powerful group of people. Amen? A healthy spiritual uh, Christian fellowship will be a powerful witness to our community of God's love, His mercy, and His grace. And that's what we want to happen, isn't it? Praise the Lord. We want others to experience the joy that we experience in Jesus Christ. And for the believers here in Acts chapter 4 who practice this, we read that God's great blessing was on them all. Amen? Amen. So the favor of God was upon them as individuals and as a group. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back now as we conclude this message. And uh, God is true to his word. Prayer is powerful. Thanks for joining us. For more of our messages and information on our ministries, you can visit tfhchurch.ca. Have a great week.